Nobody wants to be disorganized. It leads to stress, overwhelm, and forgetfulness. (laughs) But if you're a working mum and juggling this crazy thing called life, it can be difficult to prioritize those actions on the to-do list, especially when you've got your kids, partner, and clients competing for your attention. And, um, you know, there's also this whole uh, me time thing as well. In previous podcast episodes, we've talked about business planning and goal setting. Well, today I'm chatting with Julie Cliff from Space and Time about life planning because we all want to live the best life possible and we only get one life. If you want to regain control over your days, keep listening for some very practical tips to put you back in the driver's seat. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners, just like you, build trustworthy connections with their ideal clients. And I do this through engaging, conversational copywriting and strategic advice at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. But now I'd like to introduce you to my guest, Julie Cliff, a professional organizer at Space and Time. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Leanne. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Now, as you probably understand, the working mother juggle isn't easy and it can make life feel overly busy, stressful and overwhelming, at least. Uh, So Julie is a professional organizer who works with working mothers in particular and helps them create easier, far less stressful lives through simple, easy to implement organizing systems. So the goal here is to clear the clutter both mentally and physically. Julie injects space and time into her clients' lives to make life simpler and much more fun. That's it. So how, tell us a little bit more about you and your business journey. How did you get into this whole decluttering type of world? Thank you. Um, thanks, Leanne. I'm a, an executive assistant and administrator by trade, so always enjoy being organised and organising those around me. So that's where my um, first 20 years of work was. And 15 of those years was at Melbourne Storm Rugby League Club. Oh, cool. So that was fabulous and um, really, really loved, really loved um, being there. And with the cyclical nature of the football season, I found that it really suited me quite well and found that implementing systems and processes really made sense. Um, If you had, you know, um, a letter to send out to somebody, you'd get it ready so that you could send it out next season as well and mail mergers and email templates and those sorts of things because, you know, you've got your off season, you've got the start of the season, the middle of the season, the end of the season, and then the next one starts again. So it made sense to start putting those systems and processes in place. And then while I was there for some years, as I said, I used those 
processes quite a lot and then I started to implement these sorts of systems at home. And so that would be meal planning, going regularly shopping at the same time and then food prepping. And just that simple thing made such a lot of difference to my life and how, you know, a bit of a cyclical nature of, you know, our rhythm of, of our week as well. And so that was something that I came up with myself and then I could see that other working mums um, were struggling with similar things themselves. So I thought, well, there's a little bit of an, an idea here, a bit of a niche where I would be able to help people that aren't naturally organised. And somehow when I was Googling, I came across the Association of Professional Organisers and found a like-minded group of about 80 Melbourne um, organisers at the time. There's lots of them across Australia as well, of course. And so that was about six years ago. And I still meet with those ladies monthly um, and I could see back when I first met them that other people are making a, a living by helping others get organised at home so that you're not having to juggle so many things, get clear on your priorities, and that means that going to work is much easier, whether that's working for yourself. And so that's sort of how my business came about. Very cool. Yeah, I like to say I'm an organized person. I do. My, my dad just commented the other day, actually, oh, you're just so methodical because I get up early in the morning and I do my meditation and then I get all the lunches ready. And I, by this time, if I'm not on track, then I know that things are going to be rushed the rest of the morning. And um, I, I like to be organized, I guess, um, and have uh, that structure to my day. It, it calms me, actually. Definitely. And it's, I think it probably helps the kids as well. You know, if you're going to get up, running late and you're going crazy well that's what the kids are going to take to school as well so I think it's a great one Leanne to get yourself up early and, and get yourself organized and have some bit of me time before they're even out of bed yeah and you said as well about the meal planning thing before because I used to in the past go oh it's five thirty. okay look in the fridge what can I kind of throw together and sometimes it just wasn't enough to do anything and you just be like eh. But I, I think it was actually when I had my youngest, I started doing um, meal meal planning, so a week in advance, and it just made such a difference to my week. I'm like, all right, that's what I'm having today. That's what me to have to get out or um, go, all right, let's plan this. But, oh, I actually don't have those things. So I know when I go to the shops, just get those things, just focus on this week. And it just, yeah, I know what's going I Look, my, my grandmother actually used to do this. She'd have a whiteboard and we'd go over for dinner on a Tuesday night and I'd do dancing afterwards. Yep. And she always had her meal plan. And it's only recently I, I clicked that I'm doing exactly what my grandmother did. <laughs> yeah, my grandma used to have our, we would call it tea growing up on the phone, so our dinner ready at 8 o'clock in the morning. So all the veggies were cut up, same thing, very organised, makes such a difference to your life. Oh, well, that's that's extra organised. I'm not unless I've got my slow cooker um, happening. It's otherwise five thirty. All right, quickly, and I never make things that take like half an hour maximum to prepare. Um, so then, like, all right, five thirty, be ready on the table six, or worst case scenario, ten past six, and we're away to way to go. Um, so yeah, so tell us. We've covered a little bit, but the benefits of planning. Yeah. Planning is very important to help uh, with focus. I find that the women that I work with in particular, juggling family and work and or businesses, they've just got so much on the go that, you know, it just makes it difficult to get feel like that you're getting anything done 
well, I suppose. So if you sit down at the same time each week, which I um, suggest to my um, clients, and look at least just a week ahead and see what's coming up for that week. You know, what costumes you, do you need for school? <laughs> you know, and make a trip to the op shop or Kmart or wherever you need to go to get the costume for World Environment Day or whatever it might be. If you've got a doctor's appointment, you know, what have, what documents do you need to take with you to get to that appointment? How long is it going to take to get there? So planning just gives you that uh, focus and peace of mind. And so that's the little tiny things. But in the overall picture, it just helps you knowing where you're going. You know, otherwise you'll get to the end of the week and you've run around like a headless chook and you felt like, you, you know, you haven't got anywhere. So at least... If you're sitting down mindfully thinking, well, in this week I need to do this particular project and, and have regular times in the diary to do that where you can stay more focused. Yeah, so you wouldn't decide one day that you were going to run a marathon. You'd have a training plan. So it's just like planning for anything in your life. You know, you would, as I said, get a plan. It would say which days you run on, which days you rest and those sorts of things so that you could build up to the marathon. So Keeping that focus in your life and using that planning on a regular basis is a you know, really important part when you're trying to juggle so many things at home. Yeah, sounds good. I've actually started reading a book at the moment. It's called um, Me First uh, by Kate Christie. And I, I started reading it because it's, it's aimed at um, busy professional um, women and got kids. And I actually felt good as I read through it going, no, actually, I do feel like I'm in fairly good control of my day and I'm not, I guess I'm lucky that I do work from home so I don't have to add in that commute and things. Um, But otherwise I am mindful and I I keep track of, all right, I've learnt, all right, if I start dinner at 5.30, I know most of the time it's ready by 6. That's a good time for me. If if I'm lazy and I don't start to quarter to 6, I know the whole night's going to be out of whack kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, it's you kind of, I think it's good if you take a note of how long things take and then you adjust your your schedule accordingly to, and don't expect, oh, hey, I might get there in, 15 minutes time and you only give yourself exactly 15 minutes time to get there and park and everything else That's right. Um, yeah mm. so how far in advance do you need to plan do you recommend like you said weeks but months a year yeah I, I think a week is very manageable but of course you'd be keeping your eye on bigger goals and bigger visions that you you know want to achieve you've had some amazing women on recently that have been talking about creating those visions and you know being right in them and really immersing yourself in it and what do you feel like and what can you see in those sorts of things so that big picture is really important but what I talk to people about is okay well you want to do all these things Let's put it in the diary. We know how difficult it is, you know, to catch up with a girlfriend for a coffee or, you know, you know, do do things for ourselves. So it's even more difficult to do some of those bigger picture things for your business or, or for your um, for your professional life. So just getting those little things in the diary. And as I said, if you're sitting down at the same time each week, looking at those appointments that are coming up and looking at special things at school so that you're not sending kids to school on a curriculum day and those sorts of things. Um, But also, okay, you've got those big picture things you want to do, like uh, if you wanted to start a podcast like you've done, Leanne, that, okay, well, when are you going to do it? and put that 
time aside. So I feel that a week is a good amount of time at, at sitting down, looking forward to what you've got and really plotting it out and blocking out those chunks of time to be able to get those um, things done. And I sometimes call this with my clients worry time. <laughs> they don't think and worry about it right now. Put it down in the diary, you know, 2 o'clock on Thursday that you're going to sit down and actually work on that project. So as I said, big picture things, you need a lot of um, time to be able to do them. But uh, physically and mentally, a week is a good amount of time, I think, to be able to really plan, put your head down and, and look forward to getting some things done and off of your to-do list. Yeah, because I think if you do plan any further than a week, then it doesn't allow for enough flexibility if something comes up and then you might find it hard to move things because everything's all locked in for the next three weeks. And uh, um, I'm not very good with those kind of last-minute changes. Um, so, um, I, yeah, I, I can see a week is kind of manageable and they're like, oh, well, if anything, you run out of time, then it can easily overflow it to the next week. But if you have like two or three weeks, then it's kind of harder to do that. Yes. I find my clients find that much more manageable. Yeah. Awesome. And so what are your recommendations for planning an ideal week? How do you go about it? Yeah. Uh, what I generally do is plan, uh, print out an A3 weekly planner. So you've got Monday, Tuesday, all the way through. So the seven days and then start plotting things out. And so this is something that you would do probably on that weekly planning session, but it's really just a good one-off activity to do as well. Sit down and go, okay, well, work is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or whenever your actual work is, and then I'm going to get up at, you know, 5.40 and I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go to bed at 9.30. I've got to do dancing with the girls on this day and I've got to take the sun to footy on this day. So to plot it all out... Um, it really gives you an idea of, you know, what's going on and you can see it. I know that some of my friends um, don't do that because it would just be too scary and they'd have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> see how, how much they got on, you mean? <laughs> all the things that they've got going. But as I said, just even as a one-off exercise, it gives you this great idea of why we are so busy and if you've got important things to do, really make them a priority. So as I was saying you know, putting your things in for yourself, you know, getting up in the morning and doing some exercise before the kids are even out of bed. And exactly what you said about getting dinner ready at the other end of the day, what what you said spot on, if you're doing it 15 minutes late, well, I know we're not, you know, we're not in a camp where, yes, sir, we have to do it at 5 o'clock, but that probably means they're going to be in bed 15 minutes later. So if you can just have a, a good idea by plotting all of these important things, even when you're going to clean the toilet. <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't put that into mine. <laughs> Mine's Sunday. Well, you know, I do it often, but I always clean the bathroom on Sunday. But, you know, you just have these regular times of doing things and plotting it out because, uh, like I was saying about running around like a headless chook, if you're not sitting down and making time to do things, it just seems to fall off the radar. So that's an exercise I often run my working um, mums through and they get they've written it all down and they go, wow. It's uh, quite confronting to see it all written down all the different yeah, it's probably good. Like those that are freak out about having it written down, it is actually probably good to get it written down and then you can see 
do I actually need to do all this stuff? Like, is all this necessary or can we cut some stuff out? Yes. Um, and or, or going, all right, am I doing too much? Can I outsource, which I'm going to go into in a minute. Yes. Um, but I actually wanted to talk about, you mentioned the cleaning part. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a very good cleaner. Like we get a, a cleaner once a month, do a big thorough clean, but I'm otherwise not very good at doing Look, I, I keep on top of the dishes. My routine every yep. night is I do the dishes or my husband does the, the bath time. Yep. So that once the kids are in bed, we're clean kitchen, feeling good. But that's pretty much, and I, you know, sweep the floor after the kids have eaten, standard stuff. But anything beyond that, I find it hard to schedule into my day. So what are your recommendations for, do you just have Sunday is your cleaning day for everything? Do you do a little bit every day, different tasks every day? How yeah. do you map out the cleaning? A little bit every day works really well for a lot of people. Like I said, Sunday is my bathroom day. And, you know, going back back in the day to Shannon Lush that wrote and um, that wrote the book Speed Speed Cleaning. So it's about 15 minutes in a different area of the home every day. So it might be just, uh, okay, this, you know, today we're going to do the floors and you just run around with the vacuum cleaner for 15 minutes. Sundays the bathrooms, Mondays the kitchen, uh, or every day's the kitchen. I think because you, you know you're often working that, but it just gives. It's just a little bit done. Uh, get a little bit done, should I say? I've mentioned this to a few of my clients, and I've gone, but then you don't get that everything's clean feeling. And I said, well, the everything clean feeling only lasts about two minutes in my house, so you might as well do what you can during the week and then if you really wanted you could run around on a Saturday morning and just do another quick run around but I think what you're doing and just doing the what you need to do and what works for your family is absolutely perfect because people aren't going to be coming around and looking how clean your floors are it's you know it's important for you to everybody women to to be doing what works for them and their family and um and you're mentioning outsourcing. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. Yeah, because 15 minutes, I mean, that, that feels manageable. It's yes. not like it's, you can even set a timer and go, all right, what can I get done in 15 minutes? And then, you know, and then you might even feel inspired to do a little bit more and then you just do it. Yes. Um, and so I, I guess it could be something you do either uh, uh, in that morning before the, the kids wake up even yeah. um, if you have to get up that 15 minutes earlier or, or whatever the case may be. But yeah. I feel that, yeah, it does sound manageable. So maybe I'll Yeah, or it even might be at the end of the day when you were saying that you do the dishes and the husband's doing the um, bath, even if it was a couple of minutes in between that time, that everybody's involved. And it's five minutes. That's, that's how we sort of work it at my house. Dinner's done. Everyone clears the table, everybody does the dishes, everybody puts their washing away and nobody goes to sit down and it's only been happening in the last couple of years because I've gone, everybody's gone and they're doing their fun things and I'm still at the sink. But everybody chip in for five minutes, that's, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, depending on how many people you've got in your house. And depending on the age of the children, obviously, but if everybody's chipping in at you know, in those few minutes just after dinner time, that makes a big difference to um, how your home can function as well. 
Oh, I like that. So, you know, my kids are fairly young, so six and a half and three and a half, but they can yeah. do things like take their washing up to their bedroom mm-hmm. or even take the washing off the line because it's just an inside one um, or emptying the dishwasher, which they, they enjoy doing. I just watch them like a hawk when it comes to the, the glass and the knives. But they, I mean, they go through moods like days where they want to, all they want to do is help me and they're so excited to help. And then there's periods where nothing. Um, yeah. but it's probably a matter of just starting those habits and going, all right, before bath time, quickly go take your washing upstairs or um, clean the toy room because that's, that's otherwise it. a mammoth task once a month before the cleaner comes. And it's like, yes. We we have this. Uh, we threaten them with a, a plastic bag that we hang over the door of the toy room, going, "All right, if you haven't cleaned it up by six pm the day before the cleaner comes, it's all or anything on the floor will go into this rubbish bag." That's great. And, um, no joke. It's always like five fifty nine. They come out <laughs> saying it's done. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, okay, so <laughs> that's great. We'll, we'll, we'll build up to it, um, even if it's bribery. Um, <laughs> so okay, outsourcing. So when should you consider outsourcing the tasks? Yes, and when we were talking about all the big list of things that we've plotted out on that week, that's definitely the time that we can have a look at and go exactly what you said, who can do what? Do you need to do everything yourself as the mum or whoever's running the house? Or what can the kids do? What can your partner do? What can your mum do? What can your mother-in-law do? I know there's lots of people that haven't got that support around, but, you know, there are people, friends or neighbours as well, to be able to ask for help. Um, I've had some of my clients that their mother-in-law comes and looks after the kids, and so we say, well, could you ask her to fold some washing while she was there? And she was happy to help. You know, she was delighted to be able to do that as well as, you know, she can keep an eye on the kids and fold washing at the same time. So, you know, putting your hand up and asking for help. So it doesn't have to be paid outsourcing. So to try, you know, the, your family and friends first. But then... Uh, yeah, when, if you're working full time and, uh, you know, your partner is as well and the kids are daycare and, you know, it's it's a lot. So even if you can get some outside help, paid cleaners, gardeners, whoever it can be, I certainly think it's money well spent if you can afford it. So it's just one thing that's off of your to-do list and um, and let the experts do it. Uh, you know, they can prune, prune the roses properly and get the, the toilet clean properly and those sorts of things. Again, we can do things in between. But being mindful about what we're trying to do with the home as well. I was talking to a client recently that she had a cleaner fortnightly that came in and did the floors and the mum was finding it difficult to find time to mop the floors in between that. I said, what are you talking about? You want to wash your floors more frequently than once a fortnight? I mean, good, good on you if you can. But I said, how about you just drop that, let the cleaner do it, Every fortnight, and um, take one thing off of your off of your to do list. So um, definitely looking at paid uh, outsourcing when you can afford it, just to lighten that mental load. Yeah, because I like yeah, as I mentioned, we have a once month cleaner, but in between that, I only really clean the floors apart from the little sweep if we've got people coming over. Yeah, and yeah. look, what we have joked, my husband and I, is that we sometimes invite people over just to force us to clean. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and 
<laughs> so like, all right, they're coming over. That means we have to then the day before, um, mm. and usually we invite them on a Sunday. So we have Saturday to clean yeah. um, and then do that mad, crazy clean and like, oh, I feel good now and can enjoy. And you know, I know friends or family won't care if things are a little bit messy, but for my own peace of mind. Yeah. Um, and what actually, yeah, so speaking of family, I, yeah, so my parents are over on a Tuesday to babysit and my mum usually empties the dishwasher for me. So that's <laughs> just that little, it just takes five minutes and she knows where everything is, ironically, yeah. better than my husband. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so she does that and occasionally she might fold the washing as well just without me asking. And That's so nice. Yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what are your tips on uh, prioritizing actions when you have a very long to-do list? Yeah. Yep. There's a couple of different ways you can go about it here. Um, if you're keeping your eye on those big picture things, the vision that some of the women, as I mentioned, been talking to you about recently, keeping your eye on those sorts of things really makes a difference. Like if you're saying to yourself that you want to, I'm just use a personal example. If you want to, um, you know, get fitter, well, you know that making decisions during the week will mean that you need to schedule some time for exercise and it also means get the meal planning. And so those things will automatically and easily come to the top of your priority list because that's something that's big and it's on your vision and something that's important to you. And the same as if you were trying to do something in your, your business as well, that some big picture goal as well. So those sorts of things, if you want to, um, as I just did last week, launch a online decluttering um, program, which is very exciting, I knew that the things I needed to do, the two or three things or one or two things every day, that I needed to do to get that program launched on the day that I told my followers I was going to do it, you know, that those things quite quickly come to the top of your priority list. Um, but if you're sort of just floating around again like that headless chook, it can be really difficult to, to set your priorities. And I know some people are very busy and are juggling things, but keeping your eye on that big picture can be very helpful. But there's also just a few questions that you can ask yourself, um, like does this take me closer to my goal, which is, again, about your goals and your visions. Does this lighten my mental load, which is a big one for people you know they're carrying things around with, oh, I should make that doctor's appointment or I should do this or I should do that. You know, if you sit down and spend a couple of minutes on it and make that a priority, that will help lighten your mental load. And another one when you're running your own business, uh, which of these tasks will give us the highest payoff or make me the most money? You know, so making sure keep your focus on the money-making activities. Yeah, that's always important, yeah. <laughs> some of the, you know, the shiny, nice, the fun things to do. Or which of the, you know, three or four tasks on my list would move you closer and have a real impact on, on what you're trying to achieve? So some of those things just might make it a bit easier um, to set your priorities. But I think um, women in particular, just um, that I've worked with in particular, need to remember there's only 168 hours a week. 
You know, we need to remind ourselves of that and give ourselves some grace that, um, so that we're not putting too much pressure on ourselves as to what we can achieve. Certainly push yourself and go for it, but trying to keep your focus a little bit narrow at the same time so that you're not trying to do everything at once and keep those priorities on top of mind. Yeah, I love those questions and I'll put them in the show notes for sure. Right. I think it's, um, yeah, just reflecting and going, all right, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, Kate Toon has said before uh, she has like a post-it note on her desk saying, is this the best use of my time? And so yes. every time you find yourself scrolling through Facebook or something like that going, okay, hang on, unless you're putting a post out there which is helping your brand, which ultimately will help with building your client base, et cetera, it's is it really worth it and I you know I've been doing a bit of this reflecting lately with and I'm constantly going through it actually Mm. Uh, is it worth my time is it worth my investment both Mm. financially and and time-wise like there's some networking groups I was going to I enjoyed them but was I actually either being inspired with new knowledge from them or was I getting business from them and if I didn't kind of tick either of those boxes or neither Mm. then I thought okay maybe it's time to cut ties or only go occasionally to say hi or something like that yes yeah no great to sit and and reflect every now and then and see how you're using your time it's a very um worthwhile exercise to do just periodically to check where where you're going yeah 100 percent. and so when it comes to yeah so planning do you you mentioned paper before printing out is paper better or digital does that still work okay yeah it's um you know, there's people in both camps. I would think there would be paper diary people and there's calendar diary people, sorry, paper diary, or some would be a mix. Um, personally, I love the digital one because it can remind us the things to do. Um, seven o'clock most mornings, I have a little ding on my phone that's connected to my calendar that, that would remind me, you know, Charlie's got library, so he needs to take his library book or it's sports day to day and Robbie Dewey's sports uniform. And as they're growing up and they're managing those things themselves on their own iPad or phones, those sorts of things are starting to go over to them as a responsibility. But when they were smaller and, again, juggling things and it's kinder, it's this, it's that, it's, you know, take grandma to school day or whatever it might be, just to have that little ding that your paper diary can't give you um, is you know really really helpful I find a paper diary is a really great quick reference though I just mentioned this to a client yesterday that um, we're trying to put the time to meet next you know next fortnight and here I am scrolling through my little phone and I've got my big fat fingers on the buttons and she's she's visually impaired she's doing the same <laughs> so it would just be so easy to flick through the diary and, and find it and write it. And, again, as uh, most of us know, that writing just seems to um, help it stick in the brain as well, so to write it in the diary. Um, but with uh, a paper diary, you need to reference it often, obviously, because you're not going to give those you know, those dings or those reminders. And you need to uh, guard your your diary or your notebook with your life (laughs) you know keep it handy know where it is because if it gets uh, misplaced that can be really tricky to remember what's coming up if it's not written down or backed up anywhere else so there's a couple of different ways um what do you use yourself Leanne 
So I, okay, so up until this year, I still had a paper diary mm-hmm. um, and I, I loved it, loved the old school, yeah, flipping through the pages, mm-hmm. being able to see it all clearly, like my week. And But I, I was actually using that more for my personal life and family life mm-hmm. and then I got in the habit of using my Google Calendar for my work stuff. And so it was, uh, so last year I tried using a quarterly planner, the mm-hmm. Control Freak Planner. I don't know if you've heard okay, of it. Yes. And yes, it was right. really cool and had all these different things like with budgeting and all these extra little bits and pieces and it's social media planning. Loved it. And, of course, typical kind of thing, you're all excited, you fill it all out, you're really active with it to begin with, and then as time goes on, I was just using the one pager like a notepad. Yeah. And um, what even though I was using like I've got this pen, you know, the uh, – the pilot friction ones, the ones you're going to erase. And that was because that was one factor was if something, I map out my day and then if something moved, I have to erase and move it around. And I'm not, I don't like like scribbles all over paper and messy. I like to have it nice and clean. That started getting to me a little bit. And um, so after trying that shirt paper thing for six months, I thought, no, I need to go back to my Google calendar and I um, started color coding things. So I have like my green for meetings, my blue for working in the business, purple for family, mauve for client work, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was doing that and I felt good with that. But I still had the paper diary for my personal stuff. Okay. And it was only when I had a conversation with a friend and I was feeling a bit overwhelmed with things at the time. And she said, you need to have everything in one place. It mm. can't. Because then you just don't know and things overlap and you're confusing yourself. Yeah. So as of January this year, 2020, I'm like, I'm going all digital. Uh, it, it was a bit scary. Um, but I do have a reminder in my calendar on a Friday at 5 o'clock to back it up because that was my biggest thing. <laughs> and back it up and I maybe do it every fortnight. don't always do it every week. But I feel like digital, uh, yeah, the alerts pop up telling me. They pop up on my phone as well as my computer. And um, I think if I'm really planning something I'll and someone talks to me while I'm on my phone away from my computer, I'll say I'll come back to them later when yes. I can look at my computer screen, which is a mm. big screen, mm. and see my whole week mapped out. And then I can yes. see if I can fit them in for that week yes. or the following week. So I yeah. feel that's working really well for me. I know everyone's a bit different, but, yeah. Yeah, I use the, the Google Calendar myself as well for everything. Once upon a time, I used to sort of do both and then juggle both, have it on a wall calendar. Uh, and then it's just synchronising it was tricky. So I did the same as you a couple of years ago, made the jump just to Google Calendar. But I do print it out on a Sunday sort of in A3 size, just two A4 pieces so that I can see it, like you're saying, the whole week in advance uh, and see what clients I've got coming on. And then if I'm on the phone, I can quickly have a look. And I use it for note-taking and, and tick it when I've sent invoices and made my notes and, and all of those sort of admin things too during the week. I use that as a bit of a, a note, note-taking thing. Um, I don't particularly do much with it after that. I do take a photo and, and, and store it, but it's just that something that I've got there and, again, I can see the whole week um, printed out, which is nice and easy. But, yeah, nothing like that little reminder, little ding to, to, to tell you to do something and you go, 
Oh, yes, good. Okay, I'll go and do that now. Yeah, or time to switch projects if, so you don't overcommit yes. your time to something. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I do like that because then I, I could, I mean, I've only got a printer that could print A4, but even so, even, even if it's just printed A4, just doing yes. little notes or just be able to tick something off, I guess that's that mental thing yes. of feeling you've achieved something by ticking yep. it off on the paper. Yeah. Um, so I guess on Google it just kind of fades out and that's it, but that says a satisfaction right. if you're ticking it off on paper. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, awesome. Well, thank you. That's, that's really great. And now I always ask my guests this, uh, how do you manage your own health and wellness? Not surprisingly, it's uh, quite routine and uh, quite organised. Uh, so as I mentioned before, I get up at 5.40 each weekday and um, I run three days a week and walk a couple of days and walk on the weekends as well. So it just gives me time to get up, do some stretching and some yoga, then go for the run. I often run to the local bakery, get the kids rolls or fresh bread, whatever we're having for the day, for lunch, lucky kids, and my husband as well, and uh, and then gives me time to run home again. And so I've had about an hour. I'll get um, Charlie up at seven. So I've got a, almost an hour and a half to myself before anybody says, Mum, I've you know, mum this, mum that, mum, you know. <laughs> so just give me some some time. So that's sort of how I look after my health. Uh, well-being, um, which is all connected, obviously, I'm getting much better at sitting down and doing nothing. And that's what I've learned actually just in the last few months um, being in isolation. I've always, um, since I was born, been in a hurry always wanting to get things done and get them done quickly. And, you know, if my grandma has the dinner ready, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, you can see probably see where I get it from. Uh, but that being, um, you know, always on the go. But when we were home during isolation, I just thought there's nothing to rush to. I had no clients. I um, was working on my business. I'd get up every day and put my uniform on and I'd still sit and do hours of work and, and, you know, working on the business and writing blogs and those sorts of things, but I didn't have anywhere to run to. So I just very recently really been trying to, um, you know, stay in the moment and reading and listening to Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and the the you know, the benefit of being right here, right now, and that has done um, such a lot to my mental health and my um, just my overall well-being to realise that there's, there is no rush. So it's been, uh, been really nice and something I've been enjoying sharing with a lot of my clients too that are often feeling in a similar way, juggling lots of things, running from here to there, that, you know, what's the rush? I love that. And so much of what you just said sounds so much like me as well. Uh, like I, yeah, I was getting up or well, my alarm would go off at six and then I'd eventually get up 6.15 and then my kids can wake up anytime between, you know, 6.30 and 7. And um, I, I actually just recently, a couple of weeks ago, started setting my alarm for 5.45 so that I have five, 10 minutes to wake myself up, then get out of bed, do 10, 15 minutes of meditation. Mm-hmm. And then it's always like, Ooh, what should I do with my time now before the kids wake up? And it's like, oh, maybe I'll, uh, I'm starting to, to journal. I'm trying to get back into journaling in the morning. Yep. Um, 
I, I haven't got into back into running at that time because I feel like it's a little bit too cold, but I'm trying to squeeze it in after school drop off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that time to myself mm. because I, what I do find is if I don't set my alarm, even on weekends, I'm starting to do this on weekends too, the alarm thing, yeah. because otherwise I start the day on the back foot. It starts when the kids come in and say, wake up, mum, or I'm yeah. hungry. And then I feel like I'm just straight away in responding mode rather than what I need. Yes. And so I, I do like getting up first and, um, yeah, it's always a, a gamble if they're going to sleep in, be waking up at quarter past seven or they're coming into me at 6.30. But, yeah, yeah that, that for sure. And definitely in terms of, yeah, COVID recently, I, I've had the whole thing as well, like, I don't need to rush anywhere and it's kind of nice not having to mm. get the kids out the door and rush and it actually made me realise, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast yet, but I was only work- working four days a week and having Mondays mm. with my youngest and I did that with my eldest until she started school, had that one day with her. But what I actually realised was that one day with my youngest, I'd be squeezing so much into that day, like running the errands I didn't I was too lazy to, to do on the weekend or ran out of yeah. time, then get into swimming lessons and then have maybe a coffee briefly, but then get home and then keep an eye on the clocks, have to school pick up, then home for a bit, then swimming lessons with my eldest. And I'm like, am I actually <sighs> bonding with my youngest properly? Or am I just cramming too much unnecessarily into a day when, and then I'm playing catch ups. It's like having a long weekend, you know, on the Tuesday and everything like that. So it actually made me realize I'm better off working five days, having quality time with the girls on the weekend, like dedicating that time, and then being able to earn enough to then have a holiday and have weeks or a couple of weeks or a week. Yeah, that's lovely. So it it kind of took that going, I'm not really bonding with her, not really having that dedicated day with her. It's just a time-watching day and stressful because if she's dragging her feet at all, is it's actually helping. She's better off having another day at preschool, which she loves. Yeah, she would. And so I, yes, yeah, so I recently came to that realisation that am I actually serving myself and my family by having that day off? Yeah, that's great. Great realisation. Yes, sometimes you need that kind of wake-up call, don't you? That's right. Um, yeah. So, um, okay, and how can people connect with you? Yeah, sure. The, um, my website, spaceandtime.com.au has all of the services including decluttering and time management and, as I mentioned, the new Declutter Your Life online program. So all the details are there. I'm very busy on Facebook um, a couple of times a day, lots of people asking their organising questions on there. So that's um, uh, Space and Time or, um, Professional Organising and Instagram is at Space and Time Organising. So there's um, lots of different platforms there that um, people can reach out. Um, but we'd love to hear from people if they have any questions specifically. Um, they'd be able to find those contact details on the website. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, that the course definitely sounds good. The program, I'll have to go check it out. Um, <laughs> but, yes, thank you so much. And I do, I love the business name as well. It's a very simple and just 
Yeah. That's exactly what you do. It does. Well, if you have your space and your time organised, well, you're probably halfway there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Julie. And uh, thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com today, you. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and you can join the Marketing and Me podcast Facebook group. If you do want to learn more about generating more leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.